0: Welcome to Resolve, an after-play show. This is an after-show for a role-playing game that does not have an actual play, where we tell you all the details of our game so you don't have to listen to it. I'm Sammy, I'll be your host. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Asiri Amoli, the mermaid. Joining me is my wonderful co-host, Alex.
1: Hi, I'm Alex. I use he, him pronouns. I play Moodle Mercenary Smog and his companion, Juice, who is a Malbro. Both of them also use he, him pronouns.
2: We are joined today by Dee! Hi, I'm Dee. I use both they and she pronouns. I play Geyser, a horrible, horrible clown who uses she her pronouns. We're also joined by Zach!
3: Hi, I'm Zach. I use he him pronouns and I play Tao, the draconic vocaloid. He's uses they them pronouns.
0: welcome thank you for joining us today now that we're all here alex why don't you tell us about the actual play
1: previously in a feat the party winds down celebrations with the people of willow geyser speaks with cole the coalition leader about not wholly accepting the new religion Thanos decides to keep the twilight spear asiri explains her extended song to Tao and attempts to compose more of it for willow as the moon rises the oenzu retire to their homes and the beast appears. The party returns to Sequence Charter, and the portals disappear from the gates. Powder meets with the party and helps coordinate their plans for the rest of the day. From her point of view, the party has only been gone for 16 hours. The party asks for more tablets and communications technology. Asiri rests in the Sierra Marine Biology Institute and feels a pull. Geyser commands a new Strider and takes it into the ocean. Smog teaches ponies some magic basics while beginning work on a new rig. Terra teleports in and teaches them more about Psychoglass, a key component of the Reconstruction. Thanos and Tao enter a temple-like library. Thanos learns about the origin stories, the governance, and the exodus from Earth, while Tao learns about contemporary culture, the Civil War, and the governance's departure.
0: that you've heard the actual play. Let's do a deep dive into the session. In chronological order, the biggest thing that happened was we returned back from defeating the beasts and we had a hell of a
3: party. Yeah, party. Big party. Lovely.
0: Geyser had kind of a pivotal moment where she was talking to Cole, the coalition leader, about his
2: conflicted feelings. So I've explained this in previous episodes. Geyser feeds off of specifically hatred but more broadly negative emotions towards her a party is not quite the best atmosphere for geyser (laughs) where everyone's happy she's not happy cole just happened to be having a bit of a bad time himself related to the religions in defeating the beast the party kind of taught the village people about their own religion. And so now they have to abide by new information about that religion. And Cole was just not having it. And Geyser merely just was like, you know what? You don't have to like it. (laughs) You you don't have to. That's an option. Kind of gave him that pep talk. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Cole kind of said some other stuff and then Geyser was like, I don't care.
0: (laughs) I was about to say, that was like a surprisingly poignant and insightful point given by Geyser, then immediately followed by, you guys are not giving a shit.
3: Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny because Geyser didn't care in the first place. It was just... If you're feeling bad, keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it just happened to be good advice as far as Geyser can give good advice. You don't have to like the things that are going around you. In real life, D the player has experienced a lot of things that <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I had to like instead of just coexist with you don't have to so that's life tips with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what makes geyser like such a a well-constructed mean character bad character to play because there's this dissonance of yes she could be giving you absolutely great advice but it's too her own ends of feeding. So you have yep. these things that seem like they should be parallel, but Kaiser has found a way for them to converge for her own means.
2: A lot of the progress I've made so far in this campaign has been accidental. <laughs> 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 even in the very beginning with the kind of rapport I built with Athenos, it was mostly like I tripped into a good relationship, yeah. even though I was actively antagonizing him.
0: I do have a question for you, Dee. I do know that a lot of good villains believe they're the protagonist of their story. Does Geyser believe they're the hero of their story?
2: I don't think so. Geyser is acutely aware of their former purpose, which was to provide support to a child that desperately needed emotional comfort and wasn't getting it from her parents. So Geyser has always kind of considered herself the side character in Jilly's story and now divorced from that purpose, Geyser views herself as still a side character, but not in a positive way. Geyser doesn't think of herself as evil, but she's a side character on the villain side, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how Tao feels in that respect, too, because we didn't talk about it Last time about maybe Tao being a villain or something, but Tao is definitely at odds with the conclusion that we came to and a lot of the progress along it, and it could have been a, a bigger conflict.
3: Yeah, speaking of Geyser telling people to learn to accept the things they cannot change, basically, Tao maybe could use some of that because they were throwing that whole party in concert to forget about. Beast is still out there, could just start putting people to sleep forever again, who knows, and we're just kind of okay with that as a party, so I think Tao is at a point of denial of whatever, we'll probably have to come back and fix this later, but for now it seems like it's fixed, (laughs) so let's leave it. Tao is not happy with the beast getting off scot-free, basically, for putting these people to sleep. Other than killing it, how would you try to punish it? I'm not sure exactly, and I don't think Tao knows. Tao, Tao was ready to kill it, and then it came to some realization about itself, and then got to just go on with its life without any consequences. <laughs>
2: A lot of those moments can be very unsatisfying. I guess the opposite of cathartic. <laughs> it feels like injustice when the things don't happen that we expect to happen in response to certain behavior. And if you're like a mythical creature just snatching people from consciousness all the time, that's a lot to say okay to <laughs> for any you know regular person. Cow also has a strong sense of justice because of their need to be connected to people. Would that be correct?
3: I wouldn't say it's because of that need to be connected to people necessarily, but I think they do definitely have a strong sense of justice, partially because that questioning authority is very much a part of the like punk and metal scene that Tao is at least thematically a part of and also because Tao's creator was systematically bullied at school and so they have a distrust for systems that fail the people within them mm. That combined with there being a character in Tao's backstory who explicitly put people into comas to drain energy from them. <laughs> um,
0: Hit a little close to home. Yeah,
3: <laughs> like right off the bat, first world hitting every one of Tao's buttons there.
0: Daniel has repeatedly said that the beast is more of a force of nature rather than something fully sentient and aware of its choices. Would Tau put the same expectations on, like, a hurricane or a tornado? Another force of nature?
3: What Tao would say is, if there's a bear breaking into people's houses and attacking them, maybe that bear needs to be put down. <laughs> it doesn't know what it's doing, but it's a danger.
2: Fair.
1: Then you get this, like, we are drastically altering the weather scenario where it's like well if we stop the hurricane we're gonna get five more or something like that because this is not just uh-huh. a single thing that's happening for
3: sure and I, I think that's definitely something Tao does not respect maybe as much as they should because tau is a digital being tau isn't a part of nature so enjoyed mm. playing up that aspect of like so what if this is nature i don't care about nature i'm not natural Is there a disconnect
0: between the tangible realm and the digital world that they're from? Somewhat,
3: yeah. A lot in the sense of, like, natural beings have all these needs for, you know, food and breathing and things (laughs) like that, and reproducing and continuing their lineage, and digital being is just there constantly copied and altered, but doesn't really need sustenance in the same way. So they definitely feel a disconnect from the
1: natural world. Something that we talked about a little last time when you weren't here was Tao's connection to Tokyo Mirage Sessions, because the Mirages, I mean, Tiki does have a sort of digital existence, but they're not just digital beings, they have a world they want to return to. So I'm interested to see how that sticks up with Tao's backstory, I want to have Smog initiate a conversation with Tao about their being at some point. So I don't know if I expect an answer about any of that right now, but it might be interesting to think about it for the next session. I think that conversation might happen.
3: I don't think that's something Tao has necessarily given that much thought to. Tao is not like specifically a character from another world that was brought into their original world as a digital being they sort of arose from the digital ether as it may be all right well
1: keeping up with the Tao moments here there was that conversation with Tao and Asiri sort of closer to the portal
0: oh my favorite moment of last session series likes people, but she's from a place where you can easily leave them if you don't want to deal with them. So she needs her moments of alone time and quiet. And seeing as we were about to basically just head off and leave from this world, she sort of just took a moment to go over to herself, be quiet, embrace this environment. And one of the things in a series culture is... You carry a song with you wherever you go of the people you've met and the existence you've experienced, and you share that with your relatives, neighbors, people you run into, people you might never see again, because the abyss is so large and so vast that it's entirely possible that you will never see anybody ever again. And to keep those people with you, you sing a song. So a series trying to compose a section for the people of Willow, the Beast, Susie, all these people, and Tao overhears that.
3: Tao... Being someone who doesn't really create music, just reproduces it. Very intrigued by this concept. And also kind of coming over to try to smooth things over with Asiri because we were kind of on opposite sides of that last conflict. Asiri appreciated that. She was hurt a
0: lot by the events during the beast encounter and a little bit afterwards. Although, I rolled very poorly, so it didn't end up being a Dark Link with Tau. would end up being a Master Link, I think. But she still appreciated the gesture nonetheless. But now that you, you say it that way, it just sort of clicked in my brain that Tao doesn't write music. Yeah. That's a good
3: point. <laughs> yeah. Part of that existence as a Vocaloid is Tao doesn't write music. Tao only performs music that other people have written. The idea of not only writing the song... That is like a representation of everywhere you've been and everyone you've met, but constantly updating it and changing it as you move to new locations is very foreign, but also very intriguing to them.
0: I loved it. I loved it so much. I wish I was more confident of a compositional artist that I could like write a series songs and like, the music I have in my head for them.
1: Oh, I feel that. Playing musical characters is so difficult. That would be quite a feat
3: with how (laughs) complex you're describing the songs. I love the point where you described Asiri singing like the song of her home city and saying that there were parts where it was quieter as though like other people would be chiming in with melodies while Asiri is singing a rhythmic part or something. And that's just fantastic.
0: I don't imagine the population of this place is very dense. No more than a thousand, two thousand people. But everyone there has their role to play as far as they're concerned because it's such a temporary place. Not everyone's there all the time. It's not like New York City where people are there all the time. You're part of something bigger and to have her be alone and just sing that one part alone is...
2: It made her a little sad. It made her homesick. It was really nice for me to sit back and kind of observe that interaction. Not that town and city have never interacted before, but it felt like, at least to me, oh, this is an actual connection we're making versus we just happen to be stuck doing this together. (laughs) The overall tenor of this session felt very organic. So going back to Tao not being a part of nature, Sammy, do you feel like Isiri upon learning that Tao doesn't write music kind of understands where Tao comes from a little bit more
0: did Tao mention that
3: I don't know that that ever explicitly came up I know Tao mentioned that they've never tried incorporating sounds from a local area into one of their songs I don't think it came up that they don't write music at all
0: yeah, I think Asiri assumes that you've written all your songs <laughs> <laughs> because she doesn't know any better.
1: <laughs> that was mentioned, but Dan asked each of us a couple questions about what was going on internally during and after mm-hmm. this party. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that was mentioned. Right. Thinking on the whole taking sides bit, we talked a little bit last time about who might inherit the Twilight Sphere And that became a pretty quick conversation between Smog and Athanos. I thought it was pretty funny because Smog did the usual thing where he flies over to Athanos' shoulder, chats with them, and is basically like, Oh, you want to keep it? That's fine. That's great. That's exactly what I wanted. (laughs) And then Athanos looks over his older shoulder and is like, What what do you have to say? Like he's expecting a devil and angel thing. And Smog just flies (laughs) to the other side and is like, Well, you were going to give it to somebody else, but I mean, it's probably better that you have it.
0: Hmm, I feel like <laughs> there's conflict of interest here. Maybe a yeah. little
1: bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think it's funny, though, that Moogle have the, like, batty devil wings and the, like, palm. And in some, it might only be in World of Final Fantasy, but in some games, I think they can have a halo up there. So it's like, oh, I, there really is an I can be your angle or your devil. <laughs> thing going on with yeah,
0: yeah. I also appreciate that Thanos just like so readily accepting that, like, <laughs> we need two sides of this choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> will my blue meter go up or will my red meter go up? Mm,
0: Paragon or Renegade? <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did the other characters feel about that situation? Because it was something that we had a conversation about, like, in character as a group yeah. at the end of the previous session.
0: A series torn, because she was part of the construction of it, so a part of her in some fashion is involved. And on one hand, this is explicitly a product of the people of this world, but also has materials from her, from smog, from sequence charter. So she could understand it being taken in the Thanos, like him using it. She kind of wants to use it for herself, because like, it sounds really sweet. (laughs) She's somewhat skilled with pole arms, so It wouldn't be that much of a stretch, but mostly I think her needle falls towards this is a product of this world more so than anything else, so it should probably stay here.
3: Tao was kind of on the side of, this was built specifically to hunt this beast, why don't we leave it with the people here who might need it in the future? But also didn't feel particularly strongly about it one way or the other. I also don't think Tao really had a sense of how powerful it might be, just that it was, like, specially created and specialized for for this one purpose.
1: Yeah, Smog's reasoning here is an innate distrust of people, even if he trusts the Oenzu a little bit more than the average human, and an extra amount of trust in deities like Thanos. But it's not like the thought hadn't occurred to him to use it, especially with Rig gone. I had him using it for magic, I think at least to open up the Dark Portal. My thought process being like, it's a magical item, it'll help him shape magic kind of in the same way that Rig would maybe not shoot it as far. So the thought probably crossed his mind, like, I could hold on to this and I wouldn't have to make another magic thing. But it also doesn't feel like his place.
0: Yeah, I think that's the other thing that sort of tilted a series acceptance. I don't know if it sits right with her all the way through yet, but Athenos is a god. The god should hypothetically know a bit better what's going on,
1: so if Athenos wants to keep it, there must be some purpose for that. Does Geyser even have an opinion on this? Or is it just like, cool, sick guy?
2: So unfortunately, the end of last session, I had just... But I caught the conversation at the beginning of the session. And I don't feel like Geyser would have the capacity to care about something like that. Makes sense. Unless it was about gaining something powerful for herself, it wouldn't be necessary. Because Geyser can do a whole lot of magic. Whatever magic she wants to do to facilitate her escapades, she has the capacity to do.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, no need to put someone permanently to sleep yeah. then.
0: Would Geyser preferably rely on their hammer space powers rather than like somebody handed them a gun? <laughs>
2: Just I would say yes. I don't think Geyser would be comfortable with guns. It doesn't have to be a gun. It could be a you know, sword, hammer, whatever. Geyser wants to be self-sufficient power-wise. If someone was like, hey, and it's something Geyser would think is particularly useful, then she's not going to say no. But it wasn't something that Geyser would use. If it's not relevant in that sense, then it doesn't matter where it is. With a Thanos, great. Big guy has a thing. If it stays, great. They have the thing. <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> We make our way back to Sequence Charter after saying goodbye to everyone, everyone goes back to bed. And we cross back through the threshold of the portal and we look behind us and the portals are gone. They have been deactivated.
3: An <laughs> I think there was also like a bright flash of light when we came through. Yeah, yes. Maybe they all exploded <laughs> right when we got in. Who knows? I don't think it was like an
0: explosion, because like they're still standing. It seems like they more maybe overcharged. Yeah,
3: that may be more the term I'm looking for. Not actually physically exploded, but they died. Dude.
2: Yeah,
1: they died. <laughs> they died. <laughs> Dan has been very clear with us as players that we'll have the ability to revisit the places that we go to and collect the cores from. But as characters, this felt like a way to force the characters to stay on sequence charter for a bit and mellow and um, get to know each other and get to know the city a little bit better.
0: Which I am A.O. good with, because that's what I've been <laughs> watching for a hot minute here. And I also appreciate that we've brought Powder back in and everyone just immediately proceeded to info dump on the yeah. other <laughs> <laughs> That poor, poor soul.
3: <laughs> we needed to tell someone back in sequence charter that we've accomplished our mission and powder just happened to be the first person there no idea if that was the right person or if they'll go tell the people who actually need to know about the whole connecting world thing but we did our job it's fine
1: (laughs) being smog in that scene was so much fun because it's like i was a genius (laughs) eight-year-old who is like I know exactly what the fuck we need to do now. Everybody, look at my tablet. And turns. <laughs> and it was just like, have a dictionary definition. Look at this video I took. Isn't it beautiful? I'm wonderful and a genius.
0: Sammy's <laughs> like, you have electricity in that rock.
1: Oh yeah, we explained
3: the concept of computers to a Siri.
2: <laughs> she still doesn't get it. <laughs> Geyser tried, but Geyser also doesn't get it. <laughs> Cows like I live in these.
3: <laughs>
2: that, that was that was so hilarious to me. Everybody's looking at Geyser like you're crazy. And smog, <laughs> smogs like here, here's the exact thing you're talking about. And then everyone's like, yeah, you're you're full of shit. <laughs> 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 and poor powder because even before. Our return, Geyser had a dark link with with powder because (laughs) Geyser Geyser tackled her and turned her invisible. Right. (laughs) Yes. And and then this time Geyser's just like saying a whole lot of words that are not helpful.
0: I want to give kudos to Daniel for that because the banter during that section was so genuine.
1: It was, it was very nice. I just feel like having that Mulan meme for a Siri when she was talking to Powder about, like, oh, you mean those scribbles? When Powder was like, oh, you can just take the directions of her place. It's like, now all of Sequence Charter knows you can't read. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> it's dark. There's no need for <laughs> written language when you have an oral history. It's fine. <laughs>
3: You do have flashing body lights. You have some sort of Morse code language for long distance.
0: It's not a recorded right, language, yeah. though. It's... That bitch can't, can't read. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. We could probably find a way to have the phone translate words into light pulses for
2: you. Or just have it, like, read aloud. Or, yeah, text to speech. Yeah. Magically, we're all mutually intelligible. Install a copy of Tau, and Tao <laughs> will read it off of the phone for you.
3: <laughs> Can we try that? That's kind of.
1: <laughs> you have to get the water clone thing. Is it Dance, Water, Dance? That's the way we do it. We install Tau on a bunch of extra devices for a bit. I that would be great.
2: Earlier in the campaign, Geyser tried to trap towel in a phone of some sort (laughs) (laughs) but it didn't work
1: I botched my rules we're gonna get a siri a waterproof tablet and they said that'll be fine but if we want to create a google glass for pony that's gonna need some work
0: it's gonna need to be very sturdy because pony loves to headbutt things
3: yes oh true
1: my thought is now that Pony has Psychoglass, there might be some sort of screen that is reactive with Psychoglass that she can manipulate and like have a pack where she stores it on her instead of actually making a Google Glass for her. Just have it installed in her eyeball.
0: Ugh, oh. Asiri isn't comfortable with this stuff being in her gills, but she has no choice. <laughs> so.
1: The possibilities of Pony being able to finally open doors and pick things up are
2: endless.
0: A <laughs> you could argue bones. it's magic to her and she would love it. How did Smog feel about that little training session with Pony that you had?
1: I love having Carolyn as a scene partner because she will latch onto something in her character and then I get to have that moment of coming to my character in reaction and push with it. I remember having that happen a lot in Vampire, but here it was really clear like, Oh, I'm teaching you something, and you didn't remember it. Well, that means it's time for a pop quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a teacher-student relationship, but I know the type of teacher that Smog would be, so I can really hone in on being nasty.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Narsty <laughs> Nasty.
0: Would Smog be the teacher that have like twenty pop quizzes a week or something ridiculous? Just whenever you don't need one.
1: Whenever I'm upset, if I try to give them a nice day and show them a 30-minute video, and they start chatting during it, I'm like, "All right, what did Bill Nye the Science Guy just say five seconds ago? Twerps! <laughs> Enter my ashes of problem students pot. You know, the most dangerous Final Fantasy monster.
2: Oh the no! Pot.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> oh no!
0: <laughs> well, Geyser got a new crab, Strider, because they left. <laughs> Right. in the world of spirit I can't believe they gave you another one no <laughs> shit.
2: I honestly was not expecting Dan to do that <laughs> I was to hard. he was just going to be like you snooze you lose, and just keep it pushing that just made me very like happy and excited
1: <laughs> um, if you think about the sequence of events here Geyser obviously accidentally took the wrong Strider because it already had people in it. So who knows how that got tracked. And then you come back and you're like, well, I don't actually have one right now. And Powder is very confused, all this talking going on. So you just get into another one. Like, it seems like somehow things were not properly tracked here with these Striders. And to that point, I don't think a lot of people in the party really understand that the Strider is still there because that conversation was mostly with the Siri and everyone else was off doing other stuff. And the Strider was probably far enough away from the portal that we don't, like, immediately see it unless we're looking for it. So Smog doesn't understand right now that there's a Strider just sitting in the world of spirit. Probably wouldn't be happy about that, given that he wanted to get the spear out of there.
3: (laughs) The Strider is probably less dangerous than a hyper-magical spear, but who knows?
0: It's less obvious how to use the strider, but if you figure out how to use the strider, I feel like it can be very dangerous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: Like, the spear's gonna put you to sleep forever, but the strider could just lance through your whole body. (laughs) (laughs) While you think about it, it's not even like you actually take the spear and have to, like, hit somebody with it. It's like, leggy go down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do my stompy stomp. Me stompy. It took... Three corporeal people to maneuver the Strider. Geyser genuinely thinks that they just do not have the brain capacity to move it by themselves. <laughs> and so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but which is better, three corporeal people or one incorporeal clown? <laughs>
2: so so geyser's very excited i'm still excited because d personally was obsessed with the striders because it's just it's just so ridiculous of a thing just like oh look at these big mega crabs This is just one thing that's not even a, oh, Geyser wants to cause problems or chaos thing. This is just, oh, this is genuinely fun. And I think that's like the only site of genuine happiness or like not trying to mess with other people that Geyser's is engaging in. So it's kind of wholesome.
1: Dan was sure to say that Geyser had to imagine something else to help her manipulate this thing. So there were all these other crabs in Geyser's imagination that were helping move the legs around inside the strider. And I wonder if there aren't three people there because one person couldn't do it, but because the strain on someone's mind is really Mm. hard when you're trying to manipulate that much psychoglass. Especially since we know that if you just drink it, you can get
2: drunk. That makes sense.
1: So I wonder if there are going to be some ill effects to Geyser going it alone for a while.
2: Maybe. We'll see. I'm still excited for that. (laughs) (laughs) When he told me that it could go underwater, I was like, let's go!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are in high tide right now, so the sea won't be gone for another eight hours.
1: It's crab hours.
0: Oh, Siri wants to get in that water so bad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go look at what's to be seen underwater. In the strider because I'm so cool.
1: You can show you the world.
2: (laughs) I can. I can show me the world. (laughs) (laughs) I did say that. And honestly, literally it's just because I was so like giddy at that moment. It was deep bleeding over into the geyser character. If it was possible, I would live underwater, like, for real. Same. Because I think the ocean is so cool.
3: That would damage my electronics too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, we did talk about that a little
1: <laughs> Not just the water, but all the salt. Ugh.
0: What's wrong with the salt?
1: The salt. All over my electronics, all the time. Oh no.
0: The salt is good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would like some other flavor experiences in water, please. Just hop into a pool and it tastes like strawberries.
0: Baja Blast.
1: Baja Blast pool. <laughs> Somebody would definitely have like a barbecue sauce pool.
0: if That's oh. a possibility. Man, oh. does it? I not I've always wanted to jump into a pool of Jello. <laughs> Just to know what it feels like. This pool is umami. <laughs> <laughs> oh <this> is so sauce. <laughs> <sus.
1: laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Welcome me. to my soy pool. Oh, no. <laughs> or just like vinegar and pickling spices. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Are people swimming in a pool soup?
1: Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh no. It's gazpacho because it's cold. Why don't we not talk about people soup and <laughs> instead talk about the temple library that Thanos and Tau went to?
0: I love history dump. I love lore dump. That's what Dan gave us. Dump that lore. Give it to me now.
1: Yeah,
3: in character, I was sort of explaining it away to myself as Tao just saw this one society with something... Really messed up in their local legends, so maybe let's investigate sequence charter a bit because we don't know about them. Maybe there's something really messed up there. As a player, I was like, "Lord dump, Lord dump, Lord dump." <laughs> <laughs> Got a bit more detail about the alien invasion question mark.
0: Is it an invasion when they save you from certain demise? Alien
3: rescue but also <laughs> slavery
0: a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God, I love the world of Sequence Charter. And as we've stated previously, Tara is a character from Alex's first interstitial campaign for Daniel. And I love that he's taken the time to go and expand everything that he set up previously. Oh, I'm so excited to see more.
1: <laughs> that there is still no documented sighting, of anyone from the Governance sets off some sort of alarm for me. Sets off maybe a conspiracy alarm. You,
0: we maybe.
1: <laughs> Wait, was there no documented
3: no people had ever seen the, anyone from the Governance? He didn't Nothing. say that.
1: Dan said there was like no physical description offered uh, anywhere. Right,
3: yeah, that makes sense. That might be something that we might just have to search for a bit more But yeah, there's definitely some potential conspiracies going on there.
0: Given that you fought a war against these people and subsequently a civil war against your own people who were given slightly better privileges due to their facilitation of said alien overlord. You'd think that in the destruction of something, you'd find a casualty, a corpse, an injured person, something.
1: My conspiracy here is that the governance are just humans, because there's a problem on Earth. It's probably something to do with climate change. Some people probably think, well, if we want to reduce the carbon footprint of people on Earth, we have to sell people on getting out, and we can make a fake alien conspiracy to do that.
3: I was about to name drop a game, but then realized, oh, that would be a very big spoiler for that game, saying that it's exactly like this situation. (laughs) Is it an adventure game? Sure.
1: (laughs) Okay, I think I might know what you're talking about.
3: That concept of there were no invaders, just stratified humanity once that we've elevated to be in on the conspiracy and the plebes down on the planet that we're not even allowing to have names just giving them numbers kind of messed up did going on that rebellion but the governance apparently blew up the moon before they left so hell yeah that's...
0: and by hell yeah i mean oh yeah no.
1: <laughs> yeah the big scary thing with this theory is is there a conflict at the end of this when we help sequence charter locate earth
0: oh definitely yeah
3: <laughs> that's been something Maybe not on in-character on Tao's mind, but something that I've been thinking from the very beginning is, do we actually want to help these people get to a new place after their moon got blown up and the people responsible for it apparently just left, supposedly? That's weird. That th- some, Something's... Fishy there.
0: You also have to remember that they didn't explicitly say they wanted to go back to Earth. They just wanted to say they wanted to find a, a world with resources that they could use.
3: They want to come colonize a new world.
0: Woo. That's like
1: the first step, create a relationship with other worlds in order to trade and gain resources, and the second step is get home.
3: Yeah, I, I think it was explicitly stated they're not necessarily looking to go back to Earth because they think... Earth is uninhabitable, but they're looking for a new resource-rich planet or world for
1: them to go to. My thought was always they wanted to get back because it's been a long enough time. They might know something. And also there's lost history.
0: True. I mean, I'm sure there's some desire to explore where they came from, especially since it's 4,000 plus years in the past. There's some archaeology to be done. But just to play devil's advocate and and... shoot a hole in your theory. Conspiracies don't traditionally work very well if they're incorporating large quantities of people. People tend to leak and have loose lips and whatever because they're valuable for some reason. And the fact that a lot of people were sort of conscripted to that next level in the governance makes me feel like, I don't know if it's explicitly an alien sort of situation. It could be an AI thing if we don't have bodies.
1: Yeah, something funky just seems to be going on, especially since we have no physical description of these aliens. We didn't
3: get details of what they look like. Maybe the war was fought against robots and, like, Thompson and Pound Nine are leftovers uh, that they've reprogrammed.
1: Well, the war was between people who stayed allied to the governance, so that's why it was a civil war. Oh, true, true.
0: Ramifications of our historical backgrounds will come like to haunt us. Does Tao feel more connected to these people now that they've learned a little bit more?
3: Definitely a bit. Taro appreciates sequence charter a bit more, whereas before maybe they mostly saw them as fun place to visit, but let me get home now.
0: I also appreciate Dexter having Athena show the humility. He's like, oh, I come to realize I don't fully understand everything about what's going on anymore. It's It became clear to him in the last session that things aren't operating under his godly understanding, and now he's actually taking some time to learn about what the hell's going on here, instead of just going in making assumptions.
1: Yeah, it's nice to see Athenos come into that deity of wisdom role a little bit more, (laughs) because... We've had lots of himbo times recently, and we're starting to see a side of Athenos where maybe that's how he comes off because of the context of his world. But in his own world, there might be a little bit more there that we're finally mm-hmm. getting to uncover. I do just want to stop back with Smog and Pony for a second because it was really fun getting to see Terra come back and explain more about Psychoglass and sort of okay the requisition that Smog was looking for and have Smog explain magic to Terra, which who knows how much of a handle they have on that now after being in a party where somebody used it, but being disconnected from that for a while. It's really fun to interact with Terra again, really.
0: I want to know explicitly what Terra recalls from the events of the first interstitial game. I want to know what their beliefs about it are, if it was just a dream, or some weird vision, whatever, hallucination.
3: We might be going to Tara for more info about the war, as one of the few people that we've met that might be able to give us some more information on that specifically.
1: Yeah, they were a leader in the war, opposing the governance, so...
0: I'm very excited and terrified, because Assyria went to go take a nap, because she's... Very tired of everything. And she went to go to Sierra's lab because they had some questions they needed answered based on some shenanigans that were going on behind the scenes that she's not very happy about. And lo and behold, he wasn't there. Takes a nap. Powder was there, making sure she got to the right place. When she fell asleep, she's being dragged by another pull. Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, is every time we're going to sleep, are we going to the World of the Lost? That's is that what question. we're being told here?
1: I already told Dan that I and my characters would scream, so...
0: I'm going to scream.
1: Yeah. We should all do it every time. Then he'll learn.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm actually in the room with him. I don't want to burst his eardrums because I can scream very loud (laughs) as a former punk singer. So I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) If I am going to the World of the Lost, or if Siri is, who is calling me there? Is this going to happen every time we go to sleep? If I'm not going to the World of the Lost, where the hell am I going and why?
3: Also, are we going to get forced to sleep like in The Last World? Because Tao doesn't usually sleep, but was supernaturally pulled into sleep. So if that's something that wasn't just in the world of spirit, but is constantly happening to us, that's going to be a lot more interesting.
1: It would be really funny if Dan's pulling a fast one on us, and it's like a series in a dream, and in the dream has felt the pull. It's not real.
0: Yeah, I was given the option to decline it, but I think for my own personal curiosity and the fact that Assyria takes messages from above quite seriously, I don't think she would try to struggle against it. But what is going on? I just wanted to talk to Sierra.
1: (laughs) Not allowed.
0: Not allowed to talk to the old drunk man. I love old drunk men. They're hilarious in stories.
1: (laughs) The drunk old captain.
0: What a good archetype. (laughs) Hint on my favorite things. Swamps creatures, sailors, let's go.
1: I'm still having fun hanging out in Sequence Charter, and obviously there are a couple conversations I want to have still, but I am wondering, like, what are going to be the vibes the next world we have oh, yeah. like, It's got to be pretty different, right?
3: I don't remember a whole lot of the other worlds. I remember there was one with, like, a rhythmic pulse, and there was one that smelled like the ocean and fields or something like that.
0: Yeah, there's, like, a really cold one. I'm sure we'll get a refresher when the time comes.
3: Once they're back open and we can actually look at them again.
1: Maybe the blown out one will actually let us the world of loss or something.
0: Oh no. Or it could take us to Demon Souls. <laughs>
1: Whoa. <laughs> That's still
3: my theory, that this is secretly Demon <laughs> Souls.
0: <laughs> what would you have done differently if there was something you wanted to try differently? D.
2: I probably would have tried to engage the other party members a little bit more. But because I enjoyed everyone's interaction so much, but Geyser herself kind of immediately was like, I'm out of here in my (laughs) crat. So that's all.
1: Yeah, I'd say in a similar vein, I'd noticed that nothing had been going on for Pony yet, so I immediately gravitated towards, well, I know what that relationship is like, so let's expand on it a little bit more with Smog. But I kind of wish I had taken a little bit of a pause and tried to find something to do with Geyser. The only time that Smog has tried to approach Geyser, she's disappeared, so they haven't had an opportunity to really talk yet, but I could not think of anything. It would have been funny if it was just a second occurrence of Geyser disappears.
0: <laughs> I think the only thing I would have done slightly differently was maybe ask more questions about Tao during our scene together because series didn't really reciprocate all the same questions. But at the same time, Assyria was tired, so I'm not sure if it would have occurred to her. Let's get into the resolution phase, the segment of the show where we each get to say something about the game with no responses. What is your final say on this session, Zach?
3: Hopefully the next world will be a bit less targeted at tao specific (laughs) issues, but looking forward to it. You can find me on Twitter at ZachDefense, if Twitter still exists by the time this episode comes out. All right, what about you, D?
2: Sometimes you just have to not like things. You can also find me at BacksliderD on Twitter as well, if Twitter still exists. But I'm also on TikTok as at BacksliderD. I am on PSN as I had a cow lol, and also on Instagram as I had a cow lol. We can play games together.
1: Alex? The two elements of spellcasting drawing the elements and shaping the spell. You don't wanna have to chant and shape the spell. It takes so fucking long, you would much rather have a gun. I mean, a magic dispensing armament. You can find me on Twitter at Shining Crowbat. I recommend checking out Dead End Paranormal Park. It is an animated series on Netflix where a young man runs away from his family and goes to a theme park that is somewhere between a Dollywood and a Universal Studios. And there's all sort of haunted, ghostly, demony things going on. Makes a new found family. And there's a lot of Monster of the Week feel, but with some serial storytelling going on. Feels a bit like a slightly younger audience contemporary Buffy.
0: And for myself. Looks like a series blasting off again. So we'll have to figure out where the hell she's going and what the hell's gonna happen there. You can find me at the point where the moon kisses the sea dew. Although, be wary of the screams. This has been Resolve, an afterplay show. You can find us online at most social media sites at ResolveAP,
1: Except Instagram, which is at Resolve After Play.
0: Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can buy the game we're playing, Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, from its creator, Riley Hopkins, at LinkSmithGames.com.
1: All links will be included in the description of the episode.
0: Thank you again for listening! We end our turn here, so now it's your turn. What's happening in your game?